This is Grown Up With Kids, the parenting and marriage podcast that gives a weekly dose of encouragement, wisdom, and humor for people trying their best to live, love, and laugh more with their families. Thanks for joining us. Podcast. <laughs> Still the worst. Thank you. You're Thanks, welcome. Rach. Anytime. I'm here to encourage um, parents, but not you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only parent. That's you will my not. expertise. <laughs> oh, man. I do feel like the worst right now. Do you? I mean, I just feel blech. I'm glad you're blech. honest. I think people might appreciate that. Tell me why you feel blech. Is uh, that how you say it? Blech. Blech. <laughs> blech. Nikolos. Um, I don't know. It's just like everything feels difficult right now. I feel disappointed in myself. What are you disappointed in? Everything. <laughs> I'm disappointed <laughs> in my weekdays and my weekends and my mornings and my evenings. Just <laughs> like everything feels hard. It feels like, I don't know, we had a decent week. Like it wasn't a bad week. Right. It just, um... I, I don't know if it's um, that it feels like Groundhog Day or I think um, we've sort of transitioned into you've been studying a bunch for a exam you're taking for some career stuff. And so that has kicked us into kind of a high gear of you doing that and me covering some other things on top of work. And it's been going really well. And I don't know, maybe I just thought like, it would feel better at the end of the week. Like you accomplished a bunch of stuff, which you did, but somehow I still felt like, eh. Yeah. Like, did we do anything this week? And I'm sort of dreading heading into the next week. I don't know. Yeah. I wish I had a better explanation. I just feel like, I feel like that meh emoji personified right now. Yeah. Like that entire emoji movie. Ugh, I don't feel that the terrible. Worst. That movie is the worst. <laughs> you don't feel that bad. Oh, that's yeah, good. That movie's so bad. Well, I mean, I think what I'm feeling is just uh, we've been doing this for five months now, the pandemic, and uh, we are doing a good job of sheltering in place and wearing our masks and doing all the things, whether you agree with it or not, doesn't matter, whatever. Um, I think that I'm just tired of um, not being able to do fun things or something. I don't know. Easily. Like, yeah. You can't do fun things easily. So we live in a city, and so, like, going for a hike takes an hour to drive somewhere and, like, a ton of planning. We have access to, like, the zoo, which is open, super fun. need a reservation. But you need a reservation. So you have to plan ahead, and you can't pay with cash, and so you have to make sure you have your card, and you have to make sure. Like, there's just all these elements that are hard to You didn't just bring your gold bouillon? Isn't that how you pay for this? I was. Gold bouillon? <laughs> what is that? That's gold, right? Really? That's how the, the prospectors like pay for stuff? nugget? Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't accept my gold. Oh, that's too I bad. Tried. Your Bitcoin? Did you use your Bitcoin? <laughs> anyway, there's just a lot of things to plan for and think through. Um, and not not everything is open. And if it's open, you're wondering, like, is it safe? And is are other people going to be feel safe around me? I don't know. Anyway. It feels like everything's an ordeal, and I literally go to the grocery store every other day just to have something to do. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, I like the grocery store more than most people. That's true. And by that, I mean I like the grocery store most more than most people like going to the grocery store, but yeah. I also like the grocery store more than I like most people. <laughs> it's a twofold. Yeah. Yeah. It's deep. It's got layers. It's like tiramisu. <laughs> like an onion. Um, yeah, you do like going to the grocery store, and it probably is helpful that I haven't allowed you to go to the grocery store for like a year because when you go to the grocery store – you spend an astronomical amount on all kinds of things that you just there are, in are so the many for. shiny things and bright <laughs> lights there for me. I'm like, ooh, maybe I'll cook that, and then it goes bad, and I never cooked it. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay too. You know. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, the grocery store is the highlight. Gardening is a is the thing you do during the day. I'm studying every and day. Ed- you garden <laughs> every day. Every day is the same. So I think we're feeling a little worn out, and then we got the news about. School, which is what we're talking about today. Um, and I'm not going to lie. I w- tried to put on a happy face, but I couldn't about yeah. our school situation. Yeah, it's one of those things. So our kids are going to be going remotely, 100% remote for the first two-ish months is the current decision. And then they'll re, uh, revisit. Reevaluate, yeah. That's what they might do, reevaluate or revisit. Some might say. Probably would reevaluate. Yeah, that's probably smarter. <laughs> um, and it's one of those things where it's like, I agree with that decision. Um, I think it would have been nice to find some sort of hybrid, maybe where like half the kids or some s- smaller number of kids are there in person some part of the time. Um, I know some school districts are doing that, but like, it's not that I'm mad at the decision or think it's ridiculous. Like, it, it's probably the smart decision right now just to figure out because cases have been on the rise and they're hopefully going to start lowering again, but you just, you just don't know. But it's like, you can think it's a smart and wise decision and also just be super frustrated with it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like it, it still stinks. Yeah. It still is hard. And I see our kids, um, growing increasingly lonely um, increasingly irritable with each other because we've been together a lot. No, that's us. You and I are the irritable <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> it's me. I'm just I'm kidding. the irritable one. <laughs> so just, we're just seeing the effects of being um, in a pandemic for five months, and now we're trying to think through how to get school going on our own. Um, the school has set us up, or thus far, as I'm assuming will be setting us up pretty well, um, like they did in the spring. However, um, we don't homeschool because we really think homeschooling is a calling, and that is not necessarily our calling. Right. Um, so it feels pretty unfamiliar, like unfamiliar territory to us. And um, as we thought through it, we thought it might be helpful to go through some things that we're thinking about because we're guessing that you might be feeling the same way, you being the audience. Oh, is that who you is? <laughs> I didn't want people to think I was just talking to you. I'm just wait. We record these things. <laughs> I thought you were just talking to me. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. <laughs> I think that homeschool point is important. Like, uh, we have never homeschooled like officially, um, but I think it works for some people. It's a real, like you said, it's a calling or something that people feel really excited about doing or gifted at, um, and it's. I think it can be good in the right setting, right? Like, I think any school, all the different school options can be good in the right setting for the right kid, whether that's public school, private school, homeschooling, whatever. Um, But I do think that for those of us who are sending our kids to school, but they will be working remotely either 100% of the time or the most of the time in the fall, 
that we should not think we're trying to homeschool our kids. Like that's too yeah. much pressure. It's too much work. Like we need to come alongside them. We need to take responsibility for what they're doing, but we need to kind of lean into what the school is offering, what the schedule is, um, and really build those relationships with the teachers the same way we would if our kids were in the room every day and so that they have the best opportunity to educate our kids, right? Yeah, I totally agree. And to be fair, I think that homeschooling parents are suffering right now as well because, you know, like we think of homeschooling like out in the middle of nowhere and like one room schoolhouse with all the children that a mother has bore. Like the super traditional what? perspective. I've I'm just never saying, thought like, of that. Oh, like, you haven't? Like, uh, like uh, <laughs> Born on the Prairie, what's that show? Well, I think that there are a lot of, what, yeah, what's the Prairie Little House show? on the Prairie. Thank you, Little House I on the Prairie. I think that there are a lot of misconceptions about homeschooling parents, and I want to bash those myths and say homeschooling, there are a lot of options when you homeschool as well, like hybrid models where you, like kids go to school one day or two days a week where they go all day or maybe they go half day, but they are also receiving inputs from other people outside of just the parents. And so it's a misconception to think that homeschooling means that it's just the parent and the child. Yeah. So I would say that the homeschooling parents that are out there, you could probably share better than we could, but I would imagine you are struggling as well with just the all-consuming child, children in your home. Yeah. Um, because we just don't have a lot of... We just don't have a lot of extra folks talking and speaking into our kids' lives. Right. And one of the benefits that I've heard from homeschooling families is that you have the freedom both time-wise, well, just time-wise, to, like, go do things when you want to, like, with your kids. And so you can go do educational things or do essentially field trips. Unless it's a pandemic. Yeah. So they lose all those things as well. Right. Which we're feeling right now in the middle of summer. But that'll be true when they go back to some degree, although some things are more open than they were yeah. Three, four months ago. Yeah. So all of our access is limited right now. And so thinking through, like, how do we make a um, school day successful in the midst of virtual learning and COVID learning? Rachel. Yeah. How do we make <laughs> a school day successful? I don't know. Turn off the mics. <laughs> <laughs> Turn off the mic. Can we stop for just a second before yeah. we answer that question? Because you do know. Uh, you're just being coy. But I just noticed that there is half an eaten celery stick <laughs> on one of our bookshelves, and it's oh driving me nuts. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So one gosh. of our kids, and we haven't had celery sticks for like three days, so one of our kids. We haven't had vegetables for months. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just remember the last time I served celery sticks, and it's been sitting there. It's starting to brown a little bit. Oh, And I'm my a little, little perturbed. That's hilarious. I would hate to know what is actually in the corners of this house right now. Oh. It's pretty. We've been we've been here a lot. <laughs> we've been here a <laughs> There's lot. There's probably a lot of weird stuff that we would find if we really cleaned our house. We went out last night for a uh, socially distant uh, porch date with some friends, and uh, I got a text. I mean, you know this, obviously, uh, but for everyone else's entertainment, at 11 o'clock at night from one of our kids going, hey, be careful walking into the house. There's broken glass. <laughs> And I was like, like what do you what mean there's broken? Oh, my gosh. He put it in the passive tense, like, just the glass broke. Yeah. And I was like, how did that happen? The dog, the socially awkward dog did it, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> All right, Rachel. Okay. So how do we have decent to maybe even successful days Ugh. with this remote learning thing? What are some of the things you're thinking about? Okay, so the first thing that I'm thinking about, and the first thing that we did when we went on to um, COVID learning or whatever you want to call it in the spring was the teachers helped us create a space 
for each of our kids, um, specifically like for a physical the, space. Yeah, like a physical space. So physical, like specifically for the youngest of our kids who was in kindergarten last year, he, um, the teacher really was intentional about taking a lot of time to say, okay, so get your markers and get your paper. Like this is your space and this is what you're going to need in your space. Here's some supplies that you're going to want to have around you. Now take a picture and send it to me. So there was a connection point. I think that as I think about going into this coming year, that's one thing that's important between, I, I think the only things that I really can control are space and time. And so a schedule and setting up a desk for each child or a space for them to be learning where they have all the resources they need. I think there are practical things when you're thinking about the space, like making sure you have a printer in your house, a cartridge, a printer cartridge or extra ink, especially I think for older kids, um, making sure that you have cords available for computers because obviously we're doing a lot of Zoom calls and whatnot. Um, if you don't have access... Lots of whatnot. Lots of whatnot. If you don't have access to a computer, I do think that there are some resources out there, specifically your school, who, if they aren't already providing a computer, um, should likely do that. Um, mm -hmm. There are also some nonprofit organizations I know that are providing computers for kids. So... Those are just a few of the things to be thinking about as we prepare the space. Um, I think, I think the link between space and time. Um, I think schedule is really important. These are some like super uber practical things that I'm thinking about. But the time that you begin and the time that you end. So when we did COVID learning in the spring, we had a start time, but I didn't really do a good job of setting an end time. And what I realized after the fact was we really needed an end time because kids, yeah. like, it, it offers some urgency to the day. It makes them feel like they're working towards something. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's similar to when you work from home as an adult. Like, if you sort of allow yourself to work whenever, there's that temptation to just sit down and work at 7.30 or 9.30 or whenever. And there yeah. might be times when that makes sense. But in the same way, a 8 or 10 or 12-year-old isn't going to kind of know how to separate those things. I mean, they exactly. may be more more uh, outwardly uh, vociferous about not wanting to do schoolwork, but it's sort of like if you give them an end time, that gives them a point where they can just shut off and say, I'm not, I don't have to do school. Like, I have to get everything done before then, and now I have freedom, and I can go play or do whatever. Exactly, and I think that um, sort of spinning off of that, I think one thing in that time frame that's really important is to have a morning meeting to define the time at the very beginning of the day. So I think what that does is not only says, okay, here are the chores that need to be done. So we all sit together in the morning as a family. Um, and sometimes you're there and sometimes you have meetings and whatnot. But we as a family organize our day and we say, so-and-so, what do you have going on today? So mm -hmm. that they start owning a lot of what they're doing. And we go through everyone at the table. And then I take the time to say, okay, so we have schoolwork, and it sounds like you guys have a good grasp on your schoolwork. Here's what's happening when you're done with your schoolwork, and here's your deadline. So yeah. everything needs to be done by 3 o'clock today because at 3 o'clock we're heading out for a walk or we're going to a park or we're going to garden for the ever-loving 100th day of our life. Yeah. But having some rhythm to the day, letting them know how it's going to look, gives them a sense of accomplishment, a sense of urgency, and it also gives me a sense of... Um, like control where yeah. they're where they're to be really honest there's very little control right now like <laughs> I feel very out of control um, 
and I feel like I'm lacking vision for our kids um, just because I'm, I'm really weary. Yeah. So I, I am looking forward to the school schedule because I think those things will be implemented. And then I think dinner comes a little bit easier. Um, and I think like thinking about bedtimes, that's another part of the rhythm that they go to bed a little bit earlier. Hopefully. Oh my gosh. We are all going God to bed so late right now. We are. I mean, it's summer. Like, it makes sense. But yeah. oh my gosh. For not doing anything all day, we're sure making the day last long. Yeah, we are. <laughs> um, I think the morning meeting, a few things about that that I think are really interesting and helpful. So, one is having each of the kids talk about what they have planned and scheduled, even like their schoolwork. It, it sort of makes it communal. And so, there's some new accountability, but also some sense of like, we're in this together. Like they hear their brothers talking about what they have going on. They hear you talk about what's going, you know, you have going on. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, we're all, you know, because they don't go to a class and have all these friends and people around them and teachers. Uh, so it's like the five of us or the four of you can at least say like, Hey, we're going to our work day, our school day. And exactly. here's what we're going to accomplish. And there's some sense of camaraderie around that um, and sharing and I do think it sets a good, like it's a nice buffer because if they're groggy and kind of grumpy at the beginning of morning meeting, family morning meeting, it gives them 20 minutes to eat breakfast and have those conversations and get to the point where they're ready to go to school yeah. as opposed to being groggy for the first 20 minutes of school. Yeah, I think that one of the main jobs when I think about um, educating our kids for the nine weeks that we'll be doing virtual learning, I feel like one of my main jobs is to encourage them and um, encourage them toward each other, encourage them toward peacefulness in our household, encourage them to work really hard, encourage them toward their teachers and to ask good questions of their teachers. Um, the other thing that I think is that we've implemented in the past and I think um, is really uh, a good way to start your day, we have done family devotions. So we've picked specific books of the Bible and we've gone through specific areas of the Bible and We've acted them out. We've watched movies about them, et cetera. But it gives sort of a a point to that time together. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I think um, is a really good tool is to do a read aloud um, during that time. Like if devotions aren't your thing, doing something where you're all listening to the same story of some sort, where you can talk about something at the dinner table that um, that gives a good sense of community or unification. Yeah. I've started reading Fifty Shades of Grey with the boys. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know why people listen to us. <laughs> We're awful parents. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, one of us is. Well, yeah. We're, <laughs> we, the royal we, gonna, are awful parents. Yeah, I'm going to read devotions and pray with our children, and you're going to do other things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make stupid jokes. So um, you mentioned something about like your ki- helping your kids communicate with their teachers. I think especially with younger kids, one of the things to not lose sight of in this remote learning is like building a relationship with your kids' teachers, like your kind- kindergarten, first, second, third grade. Like when your kids are kind of too young, if you will, like they have a relationship, but they're not like advocating with the teacher and or encouraging and supporting the teacher. I think that's so important to, you know, not be a pest, but be like reaching out and not always like asking for things or demanding things. Like a friend of ours was telling me about they're in a different school, but one of the parents um, was emailing not only the, the administration and the teachers, but like CCing like all the other parents in the classroom and like with all these questions, but they were like accusatory questions because they're nervous about COVID and like whatnot. But, um, and the, the, that, 
but my, my point is like, that's not the way to do it. Like I'm reaching out to the teachers to get something from them or to make them feel defensive or make them answer right. my questions, but just starting early and like building a relationship, tr- get building trust, letting them know that you're in their corner and yeah. supporting them. Um, I think that is helpful for them and like selfless, but it's also selfish in that they'll, I think, return the favor and they want to help you and help your kid. Obviously they want to help every kid, but yeah, like I think for this to work, you really need to have some real team mentality behind it. You know, like, I don't know that, I, like I obviously can't do this alone and they obviously need me to be teaching the curriculum that they put forth. And so we really need a good rapport between us. Um, and I think that like in summary, what I would say about interacting with teachers is assume the best in yeah. them. You know, um, go to them assuming that they are working their tails off. That's a very fair assumption because I think a lot of teachers are really working their tails off in a really unique and hard way right now that they probably have never done before. Um, And assume the best that they, like, they really desire good things for your kid as well and they desire to connect with your kid um, and that they're likely trying, but it's probably really challenging on their end as well Um, because I've seen those Zoom calls for kindergarten boys. I mean, like, they're picking their nose and, like, ducking under the table and yeah. eating breakfast and chomping, you know? Yeah. Unmuting and muting and unmuting and muting. <laughs> Lots of chomping. A lot of, a lot of chewing, yeah. I, I read an article that I'll post in the show notes um, that was, like, three professors, I think, um, from Duke University. And in, in there, at one point, they were talking about patience, and they said, being patient is very important. Assume positive intentions. Recognize parents and teachers are on the same page. Have the generosity of spirit to be patient with each other as we're all learning together. And I think that's an important posture to assume the best in your teacher and the administration. Uh-huh. Uh, that doesn't mean you can't push back or ask questions, but assume that they want your kids to succeed just like you want them to succeed. Um, and give them that sort of generosity of spirit when you interact with them. Yes. Uh, and that will lead to, you know, better outcomes. And so offering encouragement, offering support, um, offering a kind word. Because it's, I mean, it's hard for parents, no doubt. But it's also hard. Like, imagine trying to teach 18, 20, 25 kids remotely that you've never met before as yeah. the school year starts. And many of them have kids at home that they're also trying to educate alongside. Like, yeah. It's nuts. Like, it, it does seem nuts. So, yeah, be gracious um, with teachers and administration. Yeah. So, and if so, any teachers are listening to this and I haven't been so gracious, maybe you should just send me Forget a- about that. <laughs> yeah. Like, just ignore me, I guess. I don't know. I hope I've been gracious the whole time. <laughs> just, uh, you know, offer us a little grace there. I so let's talk about this uh, learning pod concept. I feel like I hear about this a lot. What, yes. do you, what are your thoughts on that? Okay, Good, so bad. I think there are pros and cons to a learning pod. So first of all, a learning pod is when a group of kids get together and they maybe do like, I've, I've heard it called backyard learning or backyard school where kids all stay outside. They stay socially distanced, but there is um, a group of them. So there is some socialization, but just at a distance and it's relatively controlled. Super helpful, I think. With two working parents, when you really do, you re, you need relief. Um, I think when you've got two working parents, like hiring a tutor or having someone come in to help is um, highly recommended. I mean, I just i i think I think it's crazy hard when you're juggling two full time positions and then having kids who are at home the whole time. So yeah. 
But the learning pod in some ways can relieve that. The trick is finding a learning pod, like a group of three to five students whose families are all similar in how they view COVID, which I think is tricky right now. Like everyone has different... View the quarantining of it, right? Like Because right. if one family is like... Not. Like, we don't wear masks, and the other family is like, we haven't been to the we, grocery store in five months. Yeah. Like, there's a problem with those kids combining in a learning pod, Yeah, you right? got to be in a s- similar range of how you view how to protect yourself and your family and Ex- how much contact you have. Exactly. The other um, disadvantage in my mind is that if you have a couple of kids who are doing a couple different learning pods, it's a lot of coordination yeah. um, on top of already managing a lot of Zoom calls and scheduling and whatnot. So... I think that there are some real significant pros if, I I think it works well if you have maybe a middle schooler or above, or maybe like a fourth, fifth and above. Yeah, late elementary. Late elementary, because they are definitely a bit more um, independent, I guess. Well, if you think about it, if you had three or four friends and they were meeting in a backyard or different backyards. Which I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Hypothetically, you're a fourth grader and you have three or four friends. (laughs) Um, and they could all bike and they have like that, that age enough to have that freedom. It makes it a lot easier than if you're talking about we're driving our kindergartner somewhere and then like have to stay there and all that stuff. It sort of brings back like the, um, the awfulness of what was pre COVID with like four hours of soccer games on a Saturday. Yeah. Like we've, we've podcasted about that. Like how do we break this, um, cycle of chaos and busyness? And, I mean, it took a pandemic, but here we are. And now I, I kind of want to go back to some of that busyness, but not really. Yeah. I'm, I'm not excited about that. And I think a pod can maybe push us back into a circus that I'm not totally willing to do unless yeah. it's really easy. I think it's, yeah, I think that's exactly right, that last point, which is not that it has to be super easy, but that if it's something that requires a ton of energy and stress to make happen – then it's actually counterproductive. And mm-hmm. sometimes as parents, we're like, well, our kids just need this and we work a ton and then we have like nothing to actually offer our kids and we're worn out and sort of bitter and exhausted. And I don't, I think that's a net negative. Mm-hmm. But if it's something where it's like, maybe it's as simple as your f- son or daughter has like one friend and they hang out in their backyard or that friend comes over to your backyard and you guys do, they do some of the homework together right. or they're, you know, on the opposite sides of a big table doing Zoom calls at the same time together, if that makes sense. Like, it doesn't have to be this phone. huge, complex, we created a new school. Exactly. Like, it's exactly. Not, it's not worth it. Yeah, like, so I would say to all parents, relax into what your family actually needs and not the expectations that might be swirling around. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to make sure to say, which I really struggle with, is to manage my own anxiety and fear because that kind of, and discouragement, because that seeps into um, the family dynamics. Um, and so what I've realized is it's important for me to get a good bit of um, alone time in whatever way, shape, or form I can do that, um, which means that sometimes we have celery sticks shoved in weird <laughs> places. <laughs> Just sitting there, staring at us, <laughs> laughing at us. Yeah. Who's going to clean me up? Um, it means that, like David mentioned, I started um, a course for some career development stuff. Like, that's good for my soul to have some of those things feeding me. Um, making sure I call a friend to say hello, I'm having a hard day, um, mm-hmm. or I just need someone to laugh really hard with. So things like that that can keep your stress levels a little bit lower, I think, are really, really helpful. Yeah. 
Um, so we're running a little bit near the end here. Yeah, Have let's couple, wrap it. Wrap it up. So, well, one thought is, for me is going to turn into two thoughts so one is to have a long <laughs> always <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> maybe four thoughts i'm so mean to you and you're already like down in the dumps today Meh. uh i'm sure okay. our listeners are like no wonder he's down in the dumps she's <laughs> terrible to him no you're the best um i mean that i really do <laughs> <laughs> if i keep saying it it's true oh my god <laughs> no you're the best i really love you um so what I was going to say is, one, to have a long-term view. Like, this is hard, and I do think it's not going to be... Like, our one of the leaders in our school even said, like, a day of remote school does not equal a day of in-person school. It's not as good. Um, and so our kids are going to struggle a little bit academically, um, and they're going to challenge socially. But just, it's helpful for me to remember that each of our kids... Uh, over their careers at school have had tough years or had bad fits, like with teachers that just didn't fit them personality-wise or maybe weren't the best teachers. Um, and they've been able to bounce back um, and be resilient. And so, like, take a long-term view that this is important and to focus on it, but, like, it's not going to be the end of the world. Like, you keep working with your kids um, and, you know, take a long-term view of this. Like, we're going to get through this together. And yeah. your kids are going to be resilient because of it. Every kid. I mean, and you as an adult, me as an adult, we know that we've had crappy years with a crappy teacher that we didn't get along with. And our scores went down and it sucked. And yeah. we are okay. So long-term, we are going to be okay. And we're going to get through this. And schools are doing their best. And we're going to do our best. Um, yeah. yeah. And then... The other thing I wanted to say is to be kind to yourself and to your spouse, like to offer yourself grace. Mm. We talked about offering your teachers, um, the teachers, your kids' teachers, generosity of spirit, but also doing that for yourself, like that this is hard, whether you're working or not full-time, you're working part-time, whatever you, like this is not normal and it's okay to end the week and be like, that didn't go as well as I wanted uh, and I'm going to work to get better, but I'm also not going to beat myself up over this. Exactly. I totally agree. Um, and then the final thing, I, so I was reading two different articles, that one about the Duke, from, from the Duke professors I mentioned, and then also there was a report, I think it was via Harvard, called Imagining September, um, and they, between the two of them, they had some kind of silver linings that I thought were interesting, so one was the silver lining that our kids are actually developing some pretty critical 21st century skills, oh, like doing all the Zoom stuff to us is crazy to do in school, but they're going to be doing that in 10 or 15 years when they get into the workplace. And they're going to have, uh, in some ways, like this has been a forced experiment to learn a bunch of those skills um, at a pretty young age. Yeah. I and think then a couple of the other silver linings is like one was just like that this amplifies students' agency, meaning like it's giving them more... Uh, control over their day and their learning and forcing them to do that. And that that's actually, I think as parents, it's a good way for us to not try to micromanage and control every minute of their day right now, but to push them. That's one way morning meeting works where it's like, that's a place to guide them and ask them good questions and then set them off on a path to actually have a little bit more control over their day than they might when they're in the building all the time. Exactly. Um, and then I think there is a silver lining in that this is like helping us align more so with our schools and our teachers because like we're seeing the work that they have to do and how hard this is and 
you know, I think connecting how important it is to mix community and family and school together. Like that it's not just the school's job to do this and right. we're a separate entity and it's not just our job to do this and we're a separate entity. It's like we're part of a community that's that has a school and the school has a community and all these things work together to educate our kids well yeah. and, and to grow and really to thrive. Yeah, I totally agree. So with that, I'm going to drop the mic. Yeah, don't really... Don't really. <laughs> and we'll go to Stat of the Week. Stat of the Week. All right. Rach. Dave. So Dave. do you remember? <laughs> I'm not sure if it was our. Don't ba- laugh. Just be grumpy the whole time. <laughs> Rach. This is serious business. It's the Stat of the Week. I think it was our very first episode that we talked about going back to school, and um, I actually referenced the Deloitte back to school survey. Yes, do you remember that? I do remember that. I so, don't remember like actual stats, but yeah, no, that's fine. I don't either. But um, so there's a 2020 version of that, and so I thought our uh, stat of the week for this week, which I think is our 51st episode, maybe yeah, somewhere buddy. in there, um, would be from that, and so. One thing, this is not a question for you, but just an interesting thing from this report is you were talking about having like personal space and set up space for each kid. Mm-hmm. So for the first time um, as part of their like measuring spending for going back to school, they have a section, it's actually a mixture of personal hygiene and desk tables, which is a weird mix, but it's essentially like <laughs> homeschool supplies. Oh, I thought like, they were going to get everybody a caboodle like from 1992. Ooh. What was that? Or they were tra- super rapper cool. trapper. What was that thing called? Trapper keepers. Trapper keeper. Oh, I love that stuff. Oh man, our kids are missing out. The I trapper know. keeper was. What amazing. did your trapper keeper have on it? I never got one. I just what? lived in want and and jealousy. Oh man, I had kittens on mine. Ooh, I know, kitty, and I hate cats, a, but a kitty tra- trapper keeper. Kitty trapper keeper. That's just so great. For one year. I also remember earlier on, like first or second grade. Um, everyone had a crayon box. Yeah. And like, it was like totally. a social status thing. Like, <laughs> did you have 16 or 32 or 64? And did yours have the crayon sharpener in yes. it? Like built in? I remember that too. That was like a really big social status thing. Yeah. Anyway, $2 billion in 2020 is expected to be spent on personal hygiene products and desk tables. Whoa, $2 billion. Yeah. So in 2020, how much money in billions do you think is expected to be spent on essentially going back to school? And this includes clothing, accessories, school supplies, electronic gadgets, and computer and hardware, plus the personal hygiene products and desk tables. Man, okay, so you said that $2 billion was just for desktops Uh and... No, the $2 billion was just for personal hygiene and desks and tables. It's the smallest of the five categories that I just mentioned. Um, okay, what do you so think the total billion amount is for I don't know, like 22 billion. 28.1. Really? Yeah, pretty good ballpark. Um, last year it was 27.8. So if you took out that 2 billion that's being sent on des- spent on desks and tables, you'd actually have less spending this year, which makes sense because we're in the middle of a recession. Here's what I would cut in spending, clothing. So, interesting point. Yeah, clothing and accessories is still the largest at $12.5 billion, uh-huh. but it's down. It's decreased from $15 billion in 2019. I think for that exact reason, fewer people are actually going back to the building. I'm like, you don't really need new shoes. You don't even wear shoes because we don't go anywhere. Yeah, so there's a growth of a, almost a billion dollars in computer and hardware. 
because of more remote work. Um, A growth in about a billion dollars in electronic gadgets, and then a drop of about a billion or so in school supplies, and a drop of 2.5 billion in clothing and accessories. Man. I wonder if there will be like an October, November, or maybe January, depending on how the COVID pandemic works out. Rush, not rush, but like just a, a... a jump in clothing and accessories and school supplies when it's like, oh, now we're actually going, everyone's going back to the building. Yeah. Full time. I'm sure there will be. I'm yeah. sure. So anyway, the uh, national average spend per, I think per kid is $529. Interesting. Yeah. That's so. Is tw- that higher or lower than last year? It's, it's higher um, the 529 is higher, but that includes that like new home and health stuff. If you take that out, it's 492, and that's actually down 5% year over year. Man. So, yeah, $260 per kid on average for clothing and accessories, $100 on school supplies, almost $400 on computer and hardware, another $300 on electronic gadgets and subscriptions, hmm. and then $61 per kid on like desks and home and health stuff. Man. What a crazy world. I swear, last year when we did our first podcast, we were talking about going back to school, and it's weird to think that we, I mean, we had no idea what was coming our way, that we would ever do a podcast, including a pandemic. Yeah, so thank you for listening. Here we are. We've had a lot of fun with this. Um, Please do, if this would be helpful, share it with a friend. You can also rate and review us on the old iTunes, Internet Tunes, as I like to call it, (laughs) Um, or wherever wherever you listen to your podcasts, please you know, give us a rating and a review. We would really appreciate it. And tell your friends about it. Yep. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for working on the farm. Oh, look at you. I beat you Scooping it. it. I know. Hey, thank you for working on the farm. Check, Check ya. ya. <laughs>